I am so delighted to welcome today to Orison the President of the Republic of Cuba, His Excellency Miguel Diaz-Canel Bermudez, and his wife, Liz Cuesta Parazza. Fue un honor ser el primer presidente de Irlanda en visitar Cuba hasta dos años. Nuestros dos pueblos, el pueblo irlandés, Muintanajerin, en nuestra antigua lengua celta, y el pueblo cubano, Muintanajerin, han disfrutado de profundos lazos de amistad y solidaridad a lo largo de los siglos. Una amistad y una solidaridad que espero su visita a Irlanda contribuirá a revivir y a fortalecer. It was an honor to be the first president of Ireland to visit Cuba two years ago. Our two peoples, el pueblo irlandés, muy tan in our ancient language, and y el pueblo Winter Cuba have enjoyed the deepest bonds of friendship and solidarity over the centuries. It is a friendship and a solidarity which I hope, President, your visit to Ireland will contribute to rekindle and to deepen. It is a particular pleasure, President, to welcome you here to Ireland in this year, 2019. A year of anniversaries. This year, Ireland celebrates a hundred years since the first meeting of the Irish Parliament, while, of course, Cuba marks 60 years since its revolution and its independence. As partners, we celebrate 20 years of diplomatic relations between Ireland and Cuba, an important milestone in a relationship that has grown stronger between our peoples and our institutions. A celebratory example of this was reflected in March of this year when we had the opportunity to host Ireland's very first St. Patrick's Day reception in Havana with the generous assistance of the great historian of the city of Havana, Dr. Eusebio Leal. The parade was rooted through the streets of that bear the names of many Irish ancestors and it was a celebration of the immense friendship we continue to enjoy today. The movements of emancipation of liberation and participation in Latin America at large, its social, cultural and economic development, its struggles for freedom and for human rights, and above all, any encounter with the generous art of this continent have struck a response with generations of Irish people and indeed have occupied a special place in my own heart for over 50 years. I am proud to be patron of the Society for Irish Latin American Studies, a society that gives voice to the deep and extensive scholarship that currently exists and is exchanged on, through relations between Ireland, Cuba, and Latin America in general. Those fruitful collaborations we have been witnessing in recent years between researchers, between various schools of Irish studies, between archival institutions are so welcome and so important. Cuba and Ireland are forever connected with a shared past, 
and any walk through Old Havana where the brightly painted classic cars rumble through the streets might reward the curious with many interesting signs. But also, there are many which tell a story of the contribution that the Irish made to Cuba, the powerful interactions they had with people of Cuba. And indeed, it is true that in the attempts to secure freedom from Spain, the two opposing tendencies were headed by Irish people. We were quite ecumenical in our loyalties at times. But I have to say that the one that was, closely, was most closely associated with the independence movement came from actually those who were working, those who were working on the railroads, among others. Irish visitors to Cuba often remark on the identification they feel with the warmth and sense of vivacity and performance culture, arts, and indeed life itself of Cubans in the contemporary period. There is, of course, a mutual sympathy between our two nations that is reflected in the words of the great Cuban hero, José Martí. Leading figures of the Irish independence movement are mentioned in his writings, including Daniel O'Connell, who sent his son, of course, to work and fight with Simon Bolivar, and Charles Stuart Parnell. Martí, of course, was greatly influenced by the nationalist Irish immigrants he met in New York, including Thomas Moore, who Martí wrote Pinta penas como las de Cuba, con el amor que él sentía por Irlanda. He paints sorrows like those of Cuba with the love he felt for Ireland. Such scholarship on the connection between Ireland and Cuba continues up to our present day. Dr. Margaret Brainy is an expert on migration, integration, and refugee rights, and whose, mother, whose partner, Mercedes, and her mother, Rita, are attending today's lunch, are with us. I'm so pleased. Muy bienvenida a mi casa. She has written, Doctor, I think Dr. Brainy has written extensively on Cuba, and of course, completed her doctoral thesis under the title, Irish Migration to Cuba, 1835 to 1845, Empire, Ethnicity, Slavery, and Free Labor. An awareness of history, of the circumstances and contexts which led our ancestors to cross those paths along the trails of empire and transatlantic networks in pursuit of independence is, I believe, an essential compass as we apply ourselves to crafting our shared responses to the contemporary challenges we face, creating new futures together. The awareness of our connections, such as that has been the one I mentioned between Simon Bolivar and Daniel O'Connell, is so important. But even more so is the contemporary connection, and what I hope the connection that will deepen from your visit, President, that there will be deeper and wider connections of all kinds between all our peoples. Such an awareness unlocks for us a rich repertoire of experiences and political meanings of solidarities lived and imagined that not only illuminate our presence, but do also open up new horizons for cooperation between our countries, calling for new solidarities to be forged of a global, regional, and bilateral kind. When I visited Cuba on my state visit in 2017, I was at the time of my visit the first European head of state to visit Cuba since the signing in December 2016 of a political dialogue and cooperation agreement between Cuba and the European Union. That new deal which heralded a new era in mutual relations includes, of course, sections on many issues, including human rights, LGBT rights, and civil society. While in Cuba, 
I had a number of conversations on the process of transformation with civil society and non-governmental organizations, and we discussed such matters in depth. But since then, you've had a consultation process on constitutional reform, culminating in a popular referendum in February of this year. I wish you well in all of that, and I want to wish the transformation envisaged in those areas of concern which I discussed with the groups in my visit a successful implementation, and there will be huge benefits from it. On matters of trade and economy, Ireland is part of the multilateral system, of which international law is such an important pillar. And we in Ireland have always considered the economic sanctions against Cuba to be contrary to international law. But we also have been very, very well aware of the hardship that has sought to be imposed on the people of Cuba. Irish and Cuban people have in common a proud sense of their national identity, a passion for freedom, and in the past, both of our people have the shared experience of living in the shadow of a powerful neighbor. We are two island nations that carry our marks of that proximity and we carry the legacy of colonization. We both have had to wrestle freedom from the grip of empires in order to achieve our independence. And this shared history has led Irish and Cuban people to easily forge many bonds of empathy and imagination and to exchange stories, a rich literature of dreams that has included aspirations to freedom. And then too, Ireland and Cuba are both a diasporic peoples, with migration a key feature of our histories. Over the generations, we Irish have often left our island homes, sometimes involuntarily, other times voluntarily, with many of our immigrants leaving for the United States, just as Cubans have done. The contribution of both of our peoples gone abroad to their adopted homes has clearly been immense, as has, of course, their generosity to those they left at home. Migrants' remittances have been important in the history of both of our peoples. The discourse on migration has, of course, changed in recent times. The rise of populist political ideologies that are based on fear, ignorance, division and exclusion have a bitterness at times, encouraging even hatred to be directed against migrants. This poison is often propagated to those who feel that they have been excluded, often abandoned in the absence of inclusive policies that they've been left to become the prey of xenophobes and racists. And this presents a major threat to solidarity and to wider humanitarianism, both in Europe and in the Americas. We are, after all, all migrants on a vulnerable shared planet. And it is so clear to me that if we enable and promote a reciprocal sharing of cultures and ideas and forms of administration, as well as forging multiple symbioses, the cultural diversity that follows will bring with it innovation, opportunity, dynamism, and the creative energy that enriches our society. Cuba's record in humanitarianism, and in particular, President, your actions at times of humanitarian crisis. Your response is an example to the world. Yours as a country that has consistently reacted with urgency to emergency appeals for humanitarian aid by dispatching doctors, medicine and equipment, despite the country's modest size and economic resources. And they've gone to the most remote and challenging settings. The facts speak for themselves. In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, Havana offered to send more than 1,000 doctors to assist the United States. 
Cuba sent a 135-strong medical team to assist in the aftermath of the devastating Indonesian earthquake of 2006. And at least 460 Cuban healthcare workers were dispatched to deal with the deadly Ebola virus epidemic in Africa in 2014. This is not only humanitarianism in action, it is a powerfully empathetic form of internationalism. And may I commend you and your country for your ongoing commitment in the area of international medical assistance in times of humanitarian crisis. There are major challenges you face, including transitions and transformations, which you are discussing in relation to personal freedom, civil society, pluralism, and the role of an entrepreneurial state in new conditions. May I wish you well in finding an emancipatory Cuban outcome in this process. Cuba has the world's highest proportion of doctors per capita. One doctor for every 177 people, 50% of which are female. Indeed, Cuba is a world leader in female participation in all aspects of life. Women hold 49% of the parliamentary seats in the Cuban National Assembly, ranking sixth of 162 countries on issues of female participation in political life. We in Ireland are very well aware also of Cuba's sporting prowess. Cuba is a country that has achieved huge success in a range of sports, producing top-class athletes. And more than 50 nations around the world employ several hundred Cuban sports trainers and coaches, including Ireland. Cuban boxer Nicholas Cruz coached the Irish amateur boxing team to significant success at several Olympic Games. Cuba was to the forefront in establishing the link between ecological crisis and the international economic system. The speeches of Fidel Castro to international audiences throughout the decades were particularly unambiguous and prophetic in their connection between global poverty, ecological destruction, conflict, and an unfair global economic system. The urgency of that position was expressed most powerfully, I remember, at his speech at the United Nations Conference on Environment and Developed in Rio de Janeiro in 1992, at which I was present. The prevailing neoliberal model, which has in recent decades secured such a hegemony in so many senses, features markets without regulation, distorted trade, speculative investment, yawning inequality, unbridled consumption and destructive extraction of natural resources. But this is, of course, unsustainable. We've moved to a point of crisis, political, social, and ecological, one that calls for the articulation of new models of coexistence, development, and international cooperation. And we must do this together as a global community. The youth of today are spearheading a new movement, one rooted on a paradigm shift to an ecological social model the widespread adoption of which is not only an important gesture towards intergenerational solidarity, it is our only hope as a global people to avoid ecological and social catastrophe. This new paradigm which is emerging is one based on a steady state model rather than the flawed concept of exponential growth without regulation and is both ecologically and economically sustainable. For an eco-social paradigm to be established, however, a change of consciousness, indeed emerging of consciousness of ecological, economic, social kind is necessary to achieve the result through deliberative political action, 
one that recognises the inherent flaws of our current model of growth ad, ad infinitum, a model that without regulation, as I have said, inevitably results in harmful booms and busts that can have disastrous social consequences, such as those we witnessed recently in Europe, resulting from the Great Recession. If we are to achieve a paradigm shift, it will be necessary to combine the radicalism that is in the consciousness of climate activism with the consciousness of egalitarianism and the programs of inclusion activists around the world. May I conclude again by welcoming you, your wife, President Diaz-Canel. I do hope your visit to Ireland is a most enjoyable one. Celebrating all that we've been sharing and all that we will share in friendship and ever closer relations assisted by your visit. May I now invite you all, distinguished guests, to stand and join me in a toast to the good health of His Excellency, President Miguel Diaz-Canel Bermudez and his wife, Liz Cuesta Paraza, to the happiness and prosperity of the people of Cuba. Long live the friendship between Ireland and Cuba. Father Boone on Cortes in the winter Heren, August winter Cuba. Viva la amistad entre el pueblo irlandés y el pueblo cubano. Slonchua, salute.